they're doing like that stuff they did in the basement, like sign me up. Like, <laughs> I'm always down. <laughs> I'm down for hip terms. Human and... sacrifice to a beat. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chicken Not Scared Podcast. Here with you as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 1974 film The House on Skull Mountain, directed by Ron Hunthainer. Before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? I'm good. I'm pretty excited because we have guests again. Woo! <laughs> we are actually joined by the Dank and Deadly Podcast, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, hey. I'm Ree. It's so good to be here. <laughs> hey, I'm Ace. I'm <laughs> so excited. <laughs> What's going on over on Dank and Deadly? We are actually in our tv horror month right now so we're about to do channel zero like at the time of this recording so we'll be dropping that on thursday i don't know when you're dropping so whenever that is this week and then we're just gonna have maybe some bonus episodes just because we saw batman yeah and (laughs) yes there's a lot of not a spoiler but there's a lot of horror tease in this iteration of batman yeah i've heard about that yeah we haven't seen it yet but we're trying to get out there to see it soon yes definitely yeah we've just been putting it aside because we've got some pretty crazy stuff going on what's going on this week we've been house hunting and i don't want to jinx anything yet but things are getting pretty serious (laughs) yeah maybe we'll have updated news by the time this comes out but yeah it's just been crazy because the housing market's been boring stuff aside pretty crazy ridiculous (laughs) so what creepy content do you guys have creepy content i actually just watched mother (laughs) so the 2017 films that's my creepy content and we just watched some courage the cowardly dog last night too (laughs) i mean just re-watching re-watching channel zero really yeah (laughs) (laughs) especially like uh season three with all of the like weird eating yeah Yeah, like cannibalism all of (laughs) that's really good yeah, I'm still on season two, the house oh, one. Oh, yeah, such a good one. And that one's interesting. Can't wait to get to season three by the sound of it. <laughs> this is the one with it's... the creepypastas, right? Yes, this is the one based on the creepypastas. Um, the okay. first one is based on Candle Cove. I'm not really sure what the one, No End House, the second one is. The Butcher's Block, which is the third one, is based on the Search and Rescue Woods. And I'm, I have to figure out which the last one is based on, too. The Pretzel Jack. I don't know what the actual name of the creepypasta is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i watch it and i'm like i kind of remember reading this on the internet yeah. but they add so much to make it a series yeah. you're like uh, i kind of remember i was never like on creepypasta i remember the stories and reading them and finding out later like this was a creepypasta so mm-hmm. i feel like i have a really blurred memory of what is or isn't no i loved that shit <laughs> <laughs> what about you what do you have for creepy content well at the time of recording it's still a few days before saint patrick's day so we're working on something with sheree from nightmare fears <laughs> so I've been watching a ton of Irish horror movies. That'll give you a hint of what we're working on. I watched The Cured on Hulu, Raw Head Rex on Shudder, and Caveat on Shudder as well. If you saw the image, you'd probably know what I'm talking about. It's that like demonic looking rabbit that you see every time you open the app. <laughs> if you saw the image, I'm pretty sure you'd know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you probably recognize it. That sounds like something I would like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> a rabbit being held up to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it looks creepy. I'm watching Handmaid's Tale. We picked it back up, but we were upset to find out that it's continuing. Not because we don't like the show, but because we were like, oh, we're on the last season. All right, cool. Let's just kill it. And then we read that there's two more seasons coming. Oh, well. <laughs> Gotta binge it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any comfort content when you take a break from horror? Anything that makes you feel comfortable? <laughs> well, I personally don't really ever take a break from horror, but uh, <laughs> my comfort content content would be pushing daisies, which is still like horror adjacent. That's pretty much what I watch in between. Love mm. little, you know, the way that it's done is just so interesting. Like the dialogues and monologues are so poetic, and it's just bright and happy. But it's also not because it's kind of like a crime show. So yeah. <laughs> nothing. Wrong wrong with that you're right <laughs> well i definitely take breaks from horror <laughs> but um my uh, ultimate comforts are like the 97 hercules monsters inc you know what i'm saying things like that yes <laughs> even friday i love friday that's I would watch that all day. What about you, BB? I don't think I have comfort content. I mean, other than what I watch every week, which is Daria and As Told by Ginger. <laughs> nice. I'd say Turning Red is pretty comfortable. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Cool. Well, now that we know what's creepy and what brings comfort, do you all want to try this shot that we made? Yeah. 
This was our first time watching it for both of us, I think. I noticed there's a lot of snakes in this movie, a lot of snake imagery. There was also a lot of wine, but I felt that was harder to make a cocktail with. So I went with a snake venom shot. Now, there is a lot of snake venom shot recipes out there. I think I saw that the original just has whiskey and lime juice, which sounds very bitter. (laughs) So I kept that, but I added melon liqueur because I wanted it to be this kind of cool green color. If you guys want to give it a try. Of course we do. (laughs) Cheers. The second one. It smells good. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that's it. That's really good. To try this earlier, Vivi was sipping and I was like, this is not a sipping shot. (laughs) No, it's definitely one you got to take in all at once. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You get that lime at the end. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. What do you guys rate it? Out of what? Five. Five, yeah. Five. I would take this. I would, I would take, like, if this was just a shot at the bar, I would definitely take that. Like, that's really good. <laughs> that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'm sure, like, one more of those, this podcast might go a little off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fine. Let's do it. <laughs> that's really good. So what do you give Ace? Oh, that's a five. Oh, okay. <laughs> so fives. <laughs> what about you, Vivi? Uh, as far as shots go, it was pretty easy to take, which is how I like yeah. my shots. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it a four out of five. I give it a four. It's sour when we took two. We tried it right before this just to see if it worked out because we didn't want to throw you off with a bad <laughs> shot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll give it a four. It's really good. What else are you guys drinking? My new favorite brunch drink and Aperol spritz. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice color. Yeah, it is. It's a really pretty color. And I think it's orange liqueur. I think that's what... No, I think Aperol is like rhubarb, orange, and like all these. It's similar to a gin, but it's more like fruity flavored so oh okay yeah we like trying new stuff so maybe we'll ask you for the name after this yeah oh you're both drinking it (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're drinking a hazy beer hug i don't know if you could see that Oh, okay. so cute, the bear. <laughs> yeah, I like hazy beers. Do you like this one? I like hazy beers. So listeners, take this shot of snake venom while you prepare yourself for these fun facts. Finding fun facts for this movie was hard, so I kind of went off of some trivia and then history just because of when this movie came out. In the 1970s, as the American Civil Rights Movement kicked in, cinemas joined in by including black actors in lead roles creating the genre known as black exploitation. Several original films were made, but several reimaginings of horror classics were also made with black actors. The House on Skull Mountain is a retelling of The Haunting on Hill House of 1959. Is that the one with Vincent Price? Yes, I think he is in that. I do believe he is in the house. Like I was I was thinking of the remake from the 1990s, which is not <laughs> that one. I think he is in that. The one from the 90s, is that the one with Owen Wilson? I believe so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, uh, it used to give me nightmares. Where he gets his head taken yes. off. As a child, that gave me that nightmares. <laughs> oh, yeah, the house on Haunted Hill is, is Vincent Price, the original, yeah. I would dream of the lion cutting my head off. <laughs> but I'm sorry, just, just the main thing, like why I picked this movie, the cover art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like labels and like, cover arts, like that always draws me. Yeah, yeah that's one way to catch attention that's usually how i choose anything i do anything i eat yeah. anything i drink <laughs> all life choices <laughs> right. so it's funny that you bring that up about the cover art because the next fun fact is about an art piece there's an illusion where lorena is seen sitting at a vanity that when the camera pulls back it creates a skull this is an allusion to an art piece called all is vanity by illustrator c allen gilbert while the original art piece can be interpreted to represent beauty fading while death still remains beneath it all, this depiction can represent Lorena's unknown past coming to haunt her and posing a threat that could mean death. Mm-hmm. Oh, With her family lineage. <laughs> see, I see like a lot of reviews thinking like there's nothing in this movie. I mean, you're just not looking. <laughs> <laughs> right. <You> don't know. <laughs> but that was the last fun fact. I don't know if you guys saw, but I attached the picture of that art piece in the notes for today. It looks basically the same as that scene, which is kind of cool. Where she's at the vanity, yeah. Only here... I don't know. I was reading up a whole interpretation on what this art piece means. And it was like her looking at the viewer is like her looking at you being like, please help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen this. Or, like, this is so weird. But I've definitely seen this on Tumblr before. Like, this is like <laughs> awakened a Tumblr memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That being said, who's ready to do a speed run? Again, if we fail. Oh, boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we fail, we have to take a shot. It has to be done under a minute. Well, only take a shot if you want to. <laughs> you heard what I said, though. <laughs> right. All right. The timer is ready. Let me know when you're ready. 
I'm as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> I can do it in like uh, 10 seconds. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works. But you have to make it good, like a detailed description. You can't just be like, yeah, the house, they go to the house and then they die. Okay. Like, <laughs> and that's the fever route. She's like, yeah, a bunch of people showed up and then like everyone died except for this one person. That's all my speed runs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? One, two, three, go. All right. So the house on Skull Mountain. So it starts with like, people driving you know what i'm saying things like that and like some dude just 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 starts being crazy you know what i'm saying trying to push her off the mountain and it comes because this guy is an alcoholic the thing about it is he's he's out of his mind drunk that's why he's like flirting with his cousin and stuff that's a side note don't worry about that anyway so to get into the house which is kind of like i don't think it's like haunted but you know it's like it's a little spooky and all that stuff and uh there's like a butler that oh wait yeah somebody died so uh the the reason that they all came is because the uh grandmother died and then you know all the cousins and everything's coming uh together into the house and then they're like yeah we're all cousins (laughs) and we're all cousins and then you know um how long has it been? Uh, and uh, it, <laughs> you got five seconds. And then, and then, um, dude died. <laughs> got to the first death. There you go. That's all right. So finish the drink, or <laughs> yeah, if you want, or you can take a big sip. <laughs> that wasn't bad though. A minute flies. It really does. <laughs> you started off like a really long time on the beginning, and then you just flew to the end. <laughs> Yeah, 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 because I was like, I wanted to get to, like, the snake, because, like, the drink, but I didn't know how to, like, put that in there, so I just, like, was stalling for time, and I was like, I'm on a limit. (laughs) Okay, well, even though you did a great job, I'm going to go ahead and read the IMDb summary. Sometimes these are terrible, with everyone trying to use every vocabulary word in their vocabulary bank (laughs) Just before dying, voodoo queen Pauline Kristoff instructs her butler to mail a handful of letters. The various recipients learn that they're related to Kristoff and are requested to travel to Skull Mountain in Georgia for the reading of her will. No sooner do they arrive, however, than a mysterious robed creature begins killing them off one by one. Unable to leave the house, the survivors band together to fight what they fear is a voodoo curse. And IMDb rates this movie a 4.7. Wow. Like mine better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so joking. 4.7? I feel like that's a little low, but okay. Yeah, I guess what did you guys think about it before we start diving in? I enjoyed it. Anyone who knows me, my favorite genre is black exploitation. So I like taking that deep dive into anything that stars us, you know. So I'm always going to love it just for... I have this thing, well, we watch so much white mediocrity that we should be cool with seeing <laughs> mediocrity for black and brown people too. Not saying that this is mediocre because like for this time period, it does do a lot of great things, but... You know, I think it's pretty cool for video games. Especially for the, like, the low budget, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get that feel. You definitely get the OD old times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love a mansion horror and like yeah. real voodoo, pure voodoo. Like the last 20 minutes, like the ritual and all their dancing mm-hmm. and the rhythm, rhythm of the drum. Like that was pretty cool. I like that. So. It was, it was a pretty good film. If your like voodoo like horror like comes from like child's play and that's like your only voodoo, like, bro. Why horror, did you like, even you mention that? Come over here <laughs> to, like where it comes from, stems from a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh my god! Please, Charles Lee Red can't do voodoo. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Vivi? What'd you think? So I was pretty surprised to learn that it is based on that Vincent Price film, House on Haunted Hill. While I was watching it, I was like, huh, this is pretty similar, but it has a different storyline. I think it's a bunch of friends who get invited by their creepy friend to this house. (laughs) I like that it seemed like it had a made-for-TV budget and worked really well with it. I mean, some effects can be cheesy, but that's what I love about these like made-for-TV horror movies. I love the cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely liked it. Going into it, I knew nothing. So I was like, I don't know if people like this film or if they hate it. But there is one scene in the middle that I was like, why is this here? And I'm sure you guys know which one I'm talking about. It went from 0 to 100 with two characters that I was like, they had like no build-up. But now they're doing this. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it was uh, good. Oh, we can get into it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm ready to dive into it. How about y'all? Let's do this. Yeah. 
We get an intro with people playing on some bongos. Lightning strikes and we see a house on top of a mountain with a skull on it. The mansion looks cool and has a skull door knocker. I looked this up and apparently the production team thought that this was one way they could make the house look scary. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's it. How do we make this banquet hall creepy? I think it's supposed to be a banquet hall in real life. Is it really? It looks like a mansion. <laughs> It does. That's what the... Next, we see an old woman getting her last rites read to her in her deathbed by a priest as a younger man watches. The woman says the father needs to help her. The younger man tries to stop her, but she tells him to bring her her letter case. She gives some letters to the priest and tells him to mail them for her. A woman listens at the door as the priest and younger man leave the room. The priest leaves and the woman asks about the letters and whether she sent for them, quote unquote. The man says they might not come, but that if they do, Pauline will die happy. In the room, the old woman pulls a voodoo doll out of a box we assume she dies while looking at it and see lightning strike we get the name of the film bursting into flames as people play the bongos and we get a view of a skull with black candle wax getting lit the opening credits end as the candle is put out this interesting is pretty cool yeah i love the title card and the way that it just goes into flames it was pretty cool i want one (laughs) yeah So when the movie started, I thought maybe these two characters were related. It didn't really hit me that they were servants to her because it doesn't really imply that at first. Yeah. I also kind of thought they were her children. I thought it was like her son not wanting the mother's will to be read to the rest of the family when I first watched it. I could see that. A woman is driving on the mountainside and gets honked at by a guy who was nowhere near her at first. Did you notice that? He's like nowhere near her car and he's already honking. (laughs) He's like honking from miles away. (laughs) That was the thing that popped out of my brain the most. It's like, what is he doing already wants you out of the way like no other cars allowed (laughs) (laughs) but he starts riding her until he hits her bumper and causes her to swerve the guy then decides to floor it and go around her you could have done that in the first place dude there was no traffic (laughs) (laughs) on a cliff though (laughs) so dangerous she pulls over pissed at what just happened and gets out of her car she looks across the valley and notices the house on skull mountain it's really cool because it looks like they made a miniature and then just scaled it up This gave me such Scooby Doo vibes. Like, That's ex- I have that literally in my notes. The Scooby Doo intros. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. I'd like to point out that Rhea's wearing a Scooby Doo shirt. <laughs> As <we speak. laughs> <laughs> the guy keeps driving and looks happy about what he just did when he notices a red skull keeps flashing in front of him and he starts to panic and pulls over to look around the woman passes him and mean mugs him while he just smiles at her so this character i mean <laughs> come on somebody we'll get to it later but just the fact that he keeps trying to fuck his cousin like <laughs> all of them not even just her he's trying with harriet later <laughs> Everyone Any in this house. Single one. <laughs> With Louette. I'm the dude from Thanksgiving. Like, what did he say? I'm gonna go buck one. <laughs> she drives up to the house. It's a beautiful house. And tries knocking, but no one answers. She walks around the back and notices the priest is reading prayers while the man and woman from earlier watch. The grave has smoke coming from it, and there's a bunch of broken glass. She also notices a raven watches from above, holding beads with a stick and feather, which we later learn is called a wanga. The man and woman look at her and seem disappointed she's there. The woman grabs a handful of dirt to throw in, but the bird flies and squawks in her direction while dropping the wanga into the grave. The other woman smiles as the priest stops praying and greets her. She says her name is... Le- okay, so I kept thinking her name was Lorena, but it's Lorena, right? Lorena? Some people said it like, yeah, like Lorena, but then some people said Lorena. Right. I even heard Marina and like the way one of them pronounced it. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what is her name? The whole movie. <laughs> It also doesn't help that we watched this on YouTube and I tried to put the auto captions on and they were just so bad. (laughs) Terrible subtitles. They are horrible. It wasn't even right. (laughs) It was laughable when they were trying to translate like the whatever the priest was saying. I'm positive pasta and marinara like popped up in the subtitles. Like (laughs) I was not. (laughs) The pasta is here. (laughs) Anytime that Thomas was trying to do his ritual, I would try to predict what he was saying and it was just all kinds of garbage <laughs> she says her name is Lorena Kristoff and hopes she's not intruding the priest says he didn't know more relatives would be showing up and she wonders about the local customs saying she's never seen glass on graves before the priest says glass is supposed to ward off evil spirits and keep them from stealing the soul of the departed I guess we saw that it doesn't work later no yeah <laughs> But maybe Thomas has, like, glass-passing magic. Glass-passing magic? (laughs) (laughs) Is he a mutant? (laughs) The other woman looks down at the grave and notices blood coming from the Wanga as it bursts into flames and burns a hole into the coffin. The hole disappears and the woman yells for them to cover it as two men start shoveling dirt into the hole. The priest leaves and the man from earlier introduces himself as Thomas. He asks for her luggage while she asks whose car is there. He says it belongs to her cousin Philip and she says she wants to meet him. 
She goes inside to look around while he watches her suspiciously. A man hits the keys on a piano and startles her. She isn't impressed, but he asks her what brings her into town. She says it was the funeral of their great-great-grandmother. She brings up his stupid driving, and he starts hitting on her saying he hates funerals because he doesn't like seeing fine women cry. Sure. <laughs> She's pissed because he's acting like it's all a joke. He says it all means nothing to him. And she's like, why are you even here then? He says the ticket was free, but he didn't even know her. She says she didn't either. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) He's such an asshole. (laughs) So did they give him a script? Because it felt like he was ad-libbing a lot of his lines. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is like, he annoys me as a kid. Because like, I'm... like, it, some of it wasn't funny, like, and it didn't seem to fit, really. That's why it sometimes it felt like, yeah, it felt ad-libbed a little bit. But isn't he a comedian? So I guess they gave him that freedom. <laughs> he wasn't even subtle in the way that he was hitting on them. He'd go from Lorena and be like, oh, man, all right, I struck out here. What about you, Louette? <laughs> you good? You got some time? <laughs> uh, hey, second cousin. Because like- <laughs> <laughs> immediately as she walks in, she's like, we're all cousins, right? Like, that's already been established like everyone here is related this is a funeral still going (laughs) i'm surprised he didn't go after andrew at that point (laughs) in the kitchen thomas asks the other woman what's wrong as she looks out the window worried she tells him what she saw earlier in the grave and says a wanga means someone will die she says it was meant for her and he doesn't believe it to be anything she says pauline had more power than they thought he just says the dead have no power and seems to be in charge because he tells her to go tend to their guests he's like uh don't you have something better to do Instead of asking all these questions, that's how you know that he's suspicious, like automatically. Exactly. At first, I thought maybe him and Louette were in on it as like brother I and sister. They were in on it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the living room, Philip plays with decorations on the wall as Louette tells them she'll see them to their rooms. Philip asks when the will is going to be read because they usually are after funerals. She says it won't be until Mr. Ledoux, the family lawyer, shows up. This house has an elevator that was apparently for Pauline. <laughs> Fancy. Yeah, she is so rich. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at this house. This one lady just lives on her own here? Yeah, in a mansion. I wonder how she got all this money. Voodoo. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess they're Kristoff's. I mean, it's the 70s. And we know like half of her, like, she. we know there's some white people in her family. So we got to wonder. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reparations. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This scene just exists to emphasize that the elevator exists in the first place because when they go up to it, it just looks like a regular door, but later it becomes Philip's death bed. Subtle, very subtle. <laughs> yeah. He's also pissed because they don't let him use it. And he got like snappy at her because she told yeah, him. Didn't that, he literally like, call her a wench? Yeah, like, what is, <laughs> what's wrong with this drunk? Like, <laughs> we see a plane and meet Miss Johnson. She notices a hooded figure a few seats ahead of her who looks back at her with no face. This thing looks kind of like the sand people from Star Wars. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't even like, that's <laughs> it. She screams and we see the figure is gone. Everyone on the plane is like, are you good? I thought this was hilarious. Yeah. Her scream, the one tone. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> It's storming back at the house, but we see the raven from earlier is in a cage. Philip messes with it as he goes downstairs and notices room door open. He tries to look inside, but Thomas comes up from behind and startles him. Thomas is like really creepy with Philip because he's always just like on his ear. <laughs> doesn't say anything no i think philip snaps back at him on the second time i think and he's like why are you always doing that (laughs) (laughs) i like to picture thomas just doing this to pauline all the time (laughs) just everyone that's how he enters rooms (laughs) as close to as possible philip just moves on and finds louette tending to a fire he decides the best way to greet her is to pinch her butt and she also gets startled and he also gets way too close here too like (laughs) yeah it's really uncomfortable because this is obviously a time where we depict these kinds of interactions as like quote unquote fine or not fine but like she doesn't say anything to be like you know fuck off she doesn't punch him in the face immediately like she should have you touch me first (laughs) punch you in the face he starts hitting on her while thomas watches and asks what people do around there she stares at him uncomfortably as he tells her a man likes smiling faces around his house so he also starts acting like he owns the place yeah as drunks usually do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Philip walks off and finds Thomas greeting Harriet Johnson, introducing them as cousins. Thomas takes her to her room and she meets Lorena upstairs. Later, everyone meets downstairs and we meet Mr. Ledoux, the lawyer. He asks if they've met Dr. Cunningham, who's the fourth person who needs to be there. Philip's pissed they have to wait for Mr. Ledoux to read a letter and just cares to hear the will. Mr. Ledoux reads the letter out loud from Pauline saying their family history is strong. She says the Christoph legacy is a treasure beyond price and can't be given. Her enemies are defeated, but theirs might lie dormant. This enemy's piece just reminds me of the tindler swindler when he's like my enemies oh <laughs> you yeah guys seen have that? you guys seen that documentary <laughs> no. watch it for 
just that. The guy's like, my enemies are after me. I'm lying to you because my enemies are after me. I need 300 bucks so I can fly to wherever because my enemies. <laughs> he calling women out of like thousands of dollars on Tinder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even when they would like catch him in his act, he'd be like, oh, it's my enemies who are lying to you. Who told you this? <laughs> what? You're blind. You're okay, deaf. <laughs> it's all a lie, yeah. <laughs> she says, There are many dangers. It will not be in vain, for blood calls to blood and will not be denied. It's obviously all cryptic, too. All right, that's cool. <laughs> Andrew's trying to piece it all together later, but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. I am also going to write my will this cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure hunt? For the fuck of that. Treasure hunt will would be lit. Like, give me something to do on this big ass property. Like, <laughs> the lawyer says he'll come back when Mr. Cunningham gets there, and Philip is not happy. Lorena joins him politely because Philip's like, what the fuck? And Lorena's like, what he's trying to say is, we all have jobs and can't wait. <laughs> Ladue says he'll return in a week and if Cunningham isn't there, he'll read the will. Thomas comes in saying dinner is ready while the group asks who Dr. Cunningham is since he probably knows the family more than anyone. He says he's been there for 20 years and that the family was like his own. He points out a room that was Pauline's favorite as it has the portraits of every Kristoff in the family. He points out Henry Kristoff who led his people out of slavery and led a nation. Philip tries to joke around about this but Thomas isn't having any of it. He says he was a great man and king, King Henry I of Haiti. Lorena says she read about him and how he led the rebellion against France. The women want to know more and Philip just acts bored. He's not impressed with the king of Haiti. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you made a joke about Lorena mansplaining everything back to Thomas about what he just said. <laughs> she does, yeah, because Thomas was like, he was the king of Haiti and led the rebellion against France and she's like, oh, I think I read about him. He was the king of Haiti and led a rebellion, right? <laughs> like, yes, good job. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thomas explains that Lua Tambala, and again, this was off a YouTube subtitle, so if you're a listener and you know what the true pronunciation is, let us know. But Lua Tambala possessed Henry and assigned beads to remind him of everything he owed Lua Tambala when he became king. Philip jokes around saying beads aren't anything special, and Thomas says he shouldn't joke around about Lua Tampala as it's a very powerful spirit. You don't fuck with spirits, dude. I don't. <laughs> Not even in story. Nope. Don't test it. You don't have to tell me that it's powerful. Like, like I don't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a spirit. <laughs> Philip's like, you don't really believe that stuff, do you? As another man enters the room saying millions of people do, so why not? This is Andrew Cunningham, a white man who Philip has a problem with because he's white and is confused about them being related. Lorena and Harriet introduce themselves and ask him what he's a doctor of. He says he's an anthropologist at the University of Maine. They all decide they're hungry and ready for dinner. They exchange casual dinner words, but Philip asks how Cunningham might be related. <laughs> he's really interested in why this white guy's at the table and also has a hand in the will. The thing is, he's just so ready to cut somebody out of the money or will. Like He's like, yeah, that's a red flag right there. Like, you're not. <laughs> he was just so ready. Uh, I don't know if I'd find it that odd because people do marry other races. Yeah, adoption exists. Yeah. Like, there's lots of things. Yeah, exactly. I get that this was the 70s right when this came out mm-hmm. so maybe it was less common but now i'd be like oh yeah we probably are related yeah <laughs> cunningham says he doesn't really know because he was left on the doorstep at an orphanage he says he's there for information not an inheritance the issue i do kind of have with this character though is that he plays like this white savior yeah yeah i think that's why i don't like his character because he plays this role like he knows more than everyone yeah it's giving me like kill bill like the over an ege versus the Uh. (laughs) i'm like that's not realistic like you're not gonna as a white man who just read a few pages about voodoo take down someone who's been doing voodoo for god knows how long I wanted to bring this up. I feel like sometimes when we watch films with voodoo, we talked about this kind of with La Llorona where curanderos who are witch doctors are seen as the bad guy. I was worried that this would do the same thing to voodoo and it kind of does in a way, but also voodoo ends up saving them. So it doesn't villainize it to the full extent. Yeah, I think it saving them is what makes the movie good as well as, and I like this point that they made when they make the point about Pauline studying voodoo and they're like, no, she was Catholic. They're like, no, you could do both. They're not mutually exclusive. And I like that. A lot of magic is intertwined with Catholicism. And I don't think people realize that. (laughs) It's super pagan. And we talk about this on the show a lot. When movies with religious themes come Mm -hmm. up. Religion's super pagan in origin. It is. Lightning strikes and everyone's a little startled. But they start talking about Pauline and how she didn't really tell them much to figure out what's next. Andrew says it's probably because she believed in voodoo. Lorraine is confused because Pauline was Catholic. But Andrew says that doesn't mean she can't be into both. He explains that in Haiti, the Virgin Mary is another version of the voodoo goddess, 
universally. He says he knows all this because he's always been drawn to learn about voodoo. More lightning strikes, causing the lights to go out. Thomas hands everyone candles, and they all decide to go to bed. Philip stays awake, looking around, seeing what might be a little wanga in a case as we see Louette watching him through a vent. We see these little wangas and signs of threats throughout the house. Also, I just love that Louette's a creep and just watching everyone through the vents. <laughs> <laughs> That's why her death kind of doesn't make sense later. Her character confuses me a little bit. It makes me think that maybe she was into Thomas, and with Thomas being into Lorena, she might have... She got pushed aside. Yeah, and she might have been vengeful, and that's why she helps out Andrew later. He notices the cemetery outside and gets startled by Thomas. Philip starts making fun of the place and Thomas saying it's all full of spooks. He asks him if he really believes in all that voodoo stuff and Thomas says he's seen very many strange things. Lightning strikes and we see people playing bongos again. They really like their lightning strike view of the house with the Skull Mountain because I guess that's the only way that you would really emphasize that this house is on Skull Mountain. (laughs) It rains every night at this place. (laughs) Do you think it rains every night that they're there because they're at the house and it just rains on that mountain? Yes. Yeah, because even when she pulls out like the only place that's foggy is skull mountain and like the whole like the clouds clear and then you see it clearly and then it goes back to being dark (laughs) true i wouldn't mind if it rained all the time i kind of like it when it rains not if your power goes out every night that sucks sure if your power of the house goes out but if your voodoo power gets stronger fair enough (laughs) i'd like it over nine thousand. <laughs> yeah, and just get struck. <laughs> yeah, every night I get my voodoo powers by getting struck by lightning. That's your opening conversation at Starbucks. <laughs> Here's your venti. Please leave. Through the dinner, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Philip just keeps refilling his wine cup. <laughs> Come on, he's drunk. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, just drink out of the decanter. (laughs) (laughs) Again, people are playing bongos and Lorena is in her room looking in the mirror as we get the flash of a skull that uses her head and reflection as the skull's eyes. Suddenly the window opens and she sees a hooded figure with the skeleton hand pointing at her. She screams and runs out of her room running into Philip who tries to hit on her. Dr. Cunningham comes out to tell Philip he's drunk and to leave her alone and Philip isn't happy about it, but Lorena calms him down and tells him to go to bed. I like how Lorena takes this opportunity to forget what just happened she's like oh shit this guy's here to hit on me again uh let me just go back to bed though yeah i would say that this scene is the first time philip goes from being like an annoying comedy figure to like concerning yeah a little a little too aggressive like, right. yeah. and we need the other man to step in because you know when she says no it's not enough right. but side note she goes to bed in a very fancy outfit and i do not do this that sounds like you want to do this i mean i wish i was this extra (laughs) she's got that fluttery robe her hair is all down she has so much hair yeah (laughs) we get shots of the cemetery and hear an incantation thomas is holding a skull with a black candle on its forehead moving it back and forth across his face philip is in bed restless and gets up to investigate thomas grabs a voodoo doll and a coffin on the table he flashes a needle while we see Philip approaching a door. That needle is gigantic. Like, bro, it's a tiny doll. You didn't need a, a one-foot needle to stab the whole doll. <laughs> a tiny one would have done fine. He was about to grab a kitchen knife. <laughs> Basically. His voodoo doll slashing at this point. <laughs> He's like, I really hate Philip. <laughs> that actually makes for a good horror movie idea. Like, the person's chopping up a voodoo doll, and then the person in real life's getting chopped up and body parts everywhere. Yo, that would be like just chunks of a person just like, like falling off of them, like chunks of them. That'd be lit. So we got a voodoo B movie with them. We got our, <laughs> our barista B movie with Slasher. We got a whole like. See, it sounds like the makings of a good movie. <laughs> Actually, so while we were watching it, I was asking Vivi, like, what do you think this movie would look like if it were done now? It could definitely be interesting, especially with, like, the racial dichotomy within it, like, brought into now. It, I mean, it could go Knives Out-ish, like, that kind of thing. We're mm-hmm. thinking the same thing. I was going to say that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Philip opens that door and finds Lorena in this dreamlike haze. Thomas stabs the needle into the doll while Philip reaches for Lorena and we hear him scream. Everyone wakes up to investigate and they find the door to the elevator shaft open. Dr. Cunningham says there's something at the bottom and they all go down to find out. Thomas appears and says he heard a scream. He's like, what? What happened? And he's all sweaty. (laughs) The elevator chef goes all the way down to the cellar, so they go down and find Philip's body. Dr. Cunningham finds a wonga next to Philip's body and seems to know what it might be. 
The part that I think doesn't work is that if Wonka's are being left behind at each death scene, you're leaving clues behind as the killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is, yeah, that's true. And at dinner, you already heard that Andrew has been setting up on voodoo. That's true. You need to cover your tracks a little better, Thomas. <laughs> or here trying to frame Andrew. Oh, yeah, they could do that too. <laughs> I also wonder how the voodoo killings actually happen. Do they tap into a part of the person without Thomas knowing? So like his thing is just create this ritual that will cause them to die. But what happens actually to them is completely unknown to the person conducting the ritual so like he wouldn't know that philip would have seen lorena at the shaft he just knows it's going to be something that kills philip it's like very personal but the voodoo master wouldn't know what kills them yeah or like harriet seeing the stuff on the plane like thomas wouldn't know anything about that but that's what ends up getting to her man poor harriet i know (laughs) she's like the one that least deserved anything (laughs) she didn't (laughs) do anything She also almost got away. Yeah. Honestly, Thomas could have just been like, hey, guys, can you lend me some power so I can restore my people? Like, they're not the original Kristoff who allegedly took their power. Like, if he just asked, like, hey, can I have some? They'd be like, well, we really don't give a shit. We just found out we have these, so go for it. That's it. So is Henry Kristoff the white one? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Where does Andrew come into this? Because I feel like that's the only way that that makes sense if they're trying to make it, like, the whole sins of the lineage. Because who is, like... I don't know. <laughs> it showed a portrait of him, but do you remember if he was a white guy? No, I kept waiting for the whole explanation of Andrew because it was just a weird discussion later. Andrew's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> when Lorraine is like, let's go. And he's like, no, I need to find out. Let's go back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> you really are a white dude. You want to go back to the haunted house. <laughs> They call the sheriff who shows up asking what all happened. The cop is also confused as to why Dr. Cunningham is white, and Dr. Cunningham just says he's related to Pauline. Lorena says Philip had been drinking, and they conclude that that's probably why he fell. The sheriff says they all can't leave until it all gets cleared up, though. The cop leaves, and they all decide to go to bed while we get an ominous shot of Thomas staring off into the distance. I think if I walked away from being like, alright guys, well, have a good night, and all of us shelled off except for one who's just like, staring off at nothing. Yeah, it's just like... What are you reflecting on? Definitely the killer. (laughs) Right. Got away. (laughs) The next day, everyone is upset about not being able to leave. Dr. Cunningham says that there's something there that they're not seeing yet. And Lorena says he sounds just like Pauline. He's like, we're not just here for a funeral. Yes, you are. (laughs) You just missed it. (laughs) Lorena is like, why would it even matter? Andrew says it's important to him. Thomas is outside working in a shed as Louette comes out to ask him why the sheriff was there. He says, don't worry about it. But she says he's an outsider, just like their guests. And outsiders always mean trouble. She says she's also noticed how he's been looking at Lorena. But he says it's because she's a Kristoff and she's like, so was Philip. But he's not having any of it. And he sends her back into the house. Yeah, why weren't you checking out Philip? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So were they trying to say that she was the most powerful and she just did not know it lorena yeah i think they were trying to say that she was the most connected to the lineage right i think so and i think it also has to do with thomas wanting to pick who to merge the bloodlines with like why didn't he pick harriet she might have gone for it and he just went for who he thought was hotter (laughs) (laughs) hotter yeah yeah (laughs) she's hot <laughs> it doesn't matter her power level. <laughs> he just wanted all the cousins there to see who was the hottest. <laughs> it's the bachelor for Voodoo. <laughs> Using a funeral as a bachelor, damn. <laughs> and if you lose, you get poked with a giant needle. I mean, Felipe was doing it too, so I guess. <laughs> He used it at like blind dating, but it's not. <laughs> this was that show Love is Blind before the show existed. Based in Alabama. Like. Thomas is like, I don't know who Philip and Andrew are, but they might be women as well. <laughs> <laughs> Can't rule them out. <laughs> Lorena and Andrew decide to go to Atlanta and invite Harriet, but she says she's just going to stay at the house. She should have gone. Yeah, I wouldn't stay at a house where someone literally just died. I'm wondering if the powers only work if you're within a certain vicinity, because if she had gone, would they have worked on her in Atlanta? It seems like because they're doing all the rituals in the underground tunnel area of the house. It seems like there's a big energy source like down there, you know? It's probably like manner type shit. Yeah. That's probably Mm -hmm. most of the voodoo energy is. Yeah, there's an invisible force field that once they pass they can't Yeah, it's all the fog in the intro. Well, where was the plane? Where did she come from? Well, not like that we know where any of these people came from. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wondering if the reason that she was seeing stuff was because maybe Harriet was the strongest and Thomas just missed the dart. He just went with who was hottest. (laughs) 
who knows? Maybe Harriet would have been into him. I don't know if he was like charming and maybe exactly. played his cards right. <laughs> but when you can possess somebody, why like, <laughs> like, the hottest? <laughs> Listen, if we're going for easiest, Philip was ready for anyone <laughs> and anything. <laughs> maybe get a little more alcohol in him. <laughs> That's the real reason that Thomas was getting close to Philip was he was just getting close to him to see if he'd pinch his butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when he got rejected he was to say all right well he's first <laughs> harriet back at the house notices a glass case with a snake and gets spooked but the camera zooms out and we see no snake upstairs lorena is scared by a hooded figure in the reflection of the medicine cabinet she looks around to see if it's really there but she just hurries out in atlanta we get a date montage of dr cunningham and lorena out of nowhere doing all kinds of stuff holding hands shopping in a museum you are cousins <laughs> Exactly. I was like, is this pertinent to the mystery? Like, are they trying to figure out what's going on in the town? Anything? No. Okay. They're related. It's just, yeah, they're holding hands and shopping. I guess because he's white, they're less related. Okay. I don't think that's no, how I- it works. <laughs> they're like, he's not that related. <laughs> <laughs> he did say he was adopted, but still. At the end, they don't really like say either that he found his answer. He's like, I'm going to stick around and find my answers and cover the whole house until I find out. It's like, dude, you're probably adopted. Just. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably accept that. <laughs> so, was he adopted by the Kristoffs, or was he just. Or was it like a Texas Chainsaw 3D situation where he finds out he's adopted and then it's like, oh, this is my lineage? That's what I didn't get. Like. <laughs> He's trying to figure it out. So when I was doing fun facts, I found that there was apparently going to be like a spinoff show. Like the director for the movie here was going to produce the series. But when I looked up pictures and casts, I couldn't find anything related to it. Oh, so like it was in production, but it never came about. But it's weird because it had a year range like it actually happened, but I couldn't find anything. If you're a listener and you know, let us know. (laughs) But I'm wondering if the movie was supposed to trail off into the show. That would have made more sense. See, that would have been lit. Yeah. (laughs) That could that could have made a lot more sense, like Yeah, but I would have hated it if it followed Andrew. <laughs> and it probably did. I mean, it probably did. That's why it got cancelled. <laughs> How do we make a movie with an all black cast and then end up with a TV show about Andrew? Because he's the white savior. Even with Lorena being the closest one to the Kristoff lineage, they gave Andrew the more interesting story and kind of just put her to the side as a damsel in distress. I would have loved well, I guess I could save this for the end, but I don't want to forget if this awoke some power in her and she was able to fight off Thomas. That yeah. would have made a much more interesting story than like Andrew's who am I yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> that who am I story should have gone to Lorena. Exactly. We could have had like a Scarlet Witch style story where Lorena's just figuring out her powers. And then it could have just been the mysterious white man was adopted by their family. He gets nothing like bye. <laughs> <laughs> Even Lorena didn't want him. We'll get to it. But I thought the ending was just so funny. When he's like, stay with me. And she's like, nah, this was a fling, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> he says it all romantic, too. He's like, this journey wouldn't be anything without you. Please stay with me. And she's like, my ride's here. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> Not staying in the haunted house, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm black or white. Like, okay, you, oh, you, go, you go through that. <laughs> that line was ridiculous. Look in the mirror. Like, it's right there. When he said it, I was like, You are white, sir. <laughs> Where was I? All right, we're still on Harriet dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lightning strikes back at the house, and we see Harriet walking past Pauline's room. The door has a lock on it, but it falls as the door opens. Harriet goes into the room and notices a shrine with the Virgin Mary and a wonga. A tear in front of the fireplace rocks back and forth behind her, and she approaches slowly. Nope. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I hate the whole slow approach. I'd see this, and I'd go up to the chair. Who's here? (laughs) I love a good rocking chair scene, though. I love a lone rocking chair in the room. I don't know why. It's it's always good. It's always eerie. (laughs) I think I would see that, and I'd be like, that's none of my business. (laughs) You do. Keep on rocking. Take the fucking chair into the fireplace. (laughs) That's probably already dead. It's not going to do anything. Something's going to, like, scream in the flames, and I'm not going to want to see that. Like, no. Some dude in a mustache (laughs) with a little cat, you know. (laughs) 
She taps the chair and a snake lunges at her. She screams and off-screen dies. Andrew and Lorena hear her and run upstairs to help. They find Harriet on the ground and Andrew notices another Wonga by her body. They run to the car with her body to take her to a hospital and Thomas and Louette watch and just laugh from the door. They don't even wait for them to drive off and are just like, ha, 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 ha. Evil and shit. Love it. <laughs> at the house, Thomas commences another ritual as they drive through the storm. Thomas has two coffins in front of him, but only opens one and grabs only one doll. He puts it in the coffin while back in the car, we see Harriet waking up in Lorena's arms. Thomas grabs a long needle while Harriet in the car looks at Dr. Cunningham driving and sees a sand person, a hooded figure instead. <laughs> a skull flies at her while Thomas drives the needle into the doll. They pull over in front of some cops who confirm her dead. They go to the hospital where they're told a heart attack is what killed her. Andrew and Lorena talk after everyone leaves the room and he tells her he'll get her a hotel room and bring her luggage in the morning. She's confused and surprised that he doesn't believe what happened were accidents. He says they couldn't be and shows her the wanga. She's like, so you're trying to say this is all because of voodoo? And he confirms, but she asks why. Like, she's really going in. She's like, why? Everyone's dying at the house. Let's just go. <laughs> he repeats the line from Pauline's letter that their enemies are coming to life because they're Kristoff's and Lorena isn't having any of it. She's like, if this is true, then let's just go. And Andrew says he has to go back to find out who he is. He says an awkward line saying he doesn't even know what color he is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Lorena's like... <laughs> Baby. Baby. <laughs> but then he makes an even weirder comment and he's like, it's not about the color, it's about the knowing. Exactly. You just made it about color. Let me tell you how you know what you are, sir. You drove a car with a dead body in the back and the cops immediately believed you. <laughs> you know what color you are. Yeah, she died of a heart attack. Mm. <laughs> Back at the house, Lorena sleeps while Andrew reads a book about performing voodoo and starts falling asleep too. We hear the music start and see a snake approaching Lorena. This snake is huge and it climbs her body. She wakes up but falls back to sleep as the snake starts making its way toward Andrew. Did you guys yeah, notice yeah. that? She like opens her eyes and then goes back to bed. I think she fainted. Like, I think that's what that <laughs> should have done like... I think it should have been more dramatic, yeah. but I think it was supposed to be her fainting. Like, like being like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's rubbing me. Like, nah. <laughs> it's rubbing me. I'm out. I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> I was also thinking about the actress because it looks like she actually did the stunt. Yeah. yeah. So she's probably like, this is all I got. Now, it's a friendly snake, but stay really still. <laughs> <laughs> we see Thomas doing another ritual and Lorena's spirit leave her body. Her body follows her spirit right after and she walks out the room going downstairs in a trance. It's kind of weird because it's like she stands up and then her after image follows afterward and walks into her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be like an astral projection thing but her body follows like immediately afterwards yeah just her yeah, spirit I thought they were go yeah <laughs> stealing her spirit or something to put like pauline in her that's what i thought at first but then she just got up <laughs> so really he was just like taking her free will will and like demanding her spirit to do what what he wanted and like her body just followed right they were like how do we show her being possessed let's just have her walk into herself i mean look at her she was just like dancing down there like she was, yeah, she was <laughs> great time <laughs> yeah she's like andrew i wanted this <laughs> <laughs> she enters the room downstairs as the music stops and we see Andrew wake up upstairs. He notices she's gone and runs out to look for her and finds Louette in a room downstairs asking her where Thomas is because he has Lorena. It's like she didn't get invited to her own party. This confused me so much. One minute she's walking Andrew down and the next she's like tied to the totem pole being sacrificed. Do you think maybe it was like her spirit was also separated from her? Oh. Possibly. And that was her spirit helping Andrew? Or did we miss something? <laughs> Maybe. Louette's like, it's not that simple, but she'll show him only if they leave tonight. She takes him to the ladder from earlier where Philip fell and died. He opens the door at the bottom and calls up to Louette, but she's gone. We see a crowd of people dancing and start screaming. There's a man in the middle who they surround and touch all over. Andrew hides and watches the ritual from the door. Louette is tied to a pillar somehow. The man from earlier carries a figure with a skull at the top. Thomas appears and takes it from the man as they grasp hands and spin in the center of the room. He's wearing a yellow garb that they remove so he can join the ritual. While Andrew watches, he notices the snake from earlier approach and enters the room full of people. He's just like out in the open and no one says anything. <laughs> no one notices him. <laughs> no, no one notices one the only white man. <laughs> at the voodoo ritual in the basement <laughs> like, i'm just noticing these perfect hit bro, bro. <laughs> like, 
they're rolling the hell out them hips, I'm telling you. <laughs> the other man appears again, holding the snake as everyone screams. The snake goes around Louette's feet and up to her neck. Thomas and the other man approach her. He pulls a knife and flashes it past her face before handing it back to the other man, who also flashes the knife past her. Thomas takes the knife again, and then they do it all over again. They flash the knife past her face, pretend to stab her, and they do this like over and over again Is until like... they finally stab her. <laughs> It's a part of the whole ass day and fakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, just do it already. <laughs> I mean, at first, I would have been, oh, shit, no. no. Yeah. And then, like, the second okay, time, like... I would have been, okay, like. <laughs> We're doing this or not? <laughs> I'm ready. Anticlimatic. <laughs> Thomas screams something and finally stabs her. The music stops and everyone stops dancing, but Thomas makes a signal to start the music again. He's like, what happened? The party was just getting started. Let's keep going. And pulls Lorraine out from the crowd who joins the dancing. I want to point out that this whole scene is actually really cool like everyone's really into the music the music is great in unison like mm-hmm. straight up the rhythm the beat and like the in the yeah, all the music <laughs> the ad libs oh <laughs> it makes me i mean this whole thing kind of reminded me parts of like dario argento like it gave me a little tease like especially with the window and him like the figure pointing at her reminded me of the suspiria window and like even that like the voices that he uses in like the witch it, the witch score and all that kind of stuff like i like it i mean that's whole 70s like yeah, the whole 70s vibe. And where did these people come from? Have they been here the whole time? I mean, it's a cult, is it not? Does this count as a cult? I feel like this, like, they live down they're there. doing, like, <laughs> secret rituals underground, and we don't really know where these people came from. <laughs> like, and they're trying to get their Keep, power back. Keeping a constant rain cloud over the The people disappear, so I still wasn't sure, like, are they real or not? Like, do they get summoned with the ritual? Could be the spirits. That's true. Maybe like their lineage or something. Andrew calls out to Lorena and Thomas yells back saying Lorena obeys only him. Andrew grabs a torch off the wall and approaches them. The fight between Andrew and this younger man once he grabs the torch is hilarious because he kind of just flashes it at them. (laughs) And the other man comes out of nowhere and just drop kicks the torch out of his hand. He's so agile, like, dude, I'm just gonna <laughs> Thomas also kicks Andrew, and Andrew grabs a machete off the ground, while Thomas chants something causing a machete to appear in his hand. They have a sword fight that results in Thomas getting the upper hand and knocking the machete out of Andrew's hand. Andrew grabs the figure with a skull top from earlier and blocks Thomas's machete with it. The skull is destroyed, and Lorena screams. Thomas also screams, and the screen turns black. Odd choice. <laughs> a torch is lit, and we see Andrew holding it. Everyone is gone except for Louette, who's still tied to the pillar. Andrew runs upstairs and sees Pauline's door open. Lorena is laying in the bed and he tries to wake her up, but Thomas says he can't because she's his. He's surprised he was able to figure out what was going on, but he goes on to explain that the powers of his people have been awakened by the Kristoffs and that through marriage to Lorena, they'll be able to get their power back. He says that while Pauline was alive, Andrew was able to stay alive, but now he can kill him. He wakes Lorena up to witness his triumph, quote-unquote, and starts chanting. A storm starts up outside, and we see a headstone burst into flames. This scene is really cool, too. It's kind of like Night of the Living Dead, hand reaching out of the grave, lightning strikes, the tombstone is on fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of fun. (laughs) See that nice cliche, like shit like that just like the cover art like it it fits perfectly (laughs) right a hand comes out of the grave andrew and lorena just watch as the room door opens and pauline's corpse enters thomas says he has summoned her to do his will clearly thomas isn't as strong as he thought he was because his powers didn't keep pauline under his spell (laughs) he says lorena is his but he wants her to take care of andrew because he is cursed he tells her to touch him and she approaches them andrew tries talking to pauline and starts a prayer to ursley to restore her soul Pauline turns to Thomas, who starts yelling she must obey him. Her face turns to a skull, and she points at him saying something causing him to scream and fall back out the window. Andrew and Lorena look out, but they hear the door close behind them as they see Pauline's aura leave. It's like the underside of the door is glowing, and then it just dims out. This death was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, the no, stop it. And he's like, yes, do it. And she's like, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I do what I want. Get out the window. <laughs> didn't take much convincing. I didn't like Thomas in real life anyway. I mean, even that whole scene it reminds me of Scooby-Doo, like in The Witch's Ghost and how dude thinks that like Sarah Ravencroft is going to be on his side and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would make him think that Pauline would listen? Right. If his family's been under her family's control for generations, even though she's dead, <laughs> I think I'd still be like, I don't know. 
she still might know something. <laughs> right. They're not in charge for generations for nothing. Because they also kind of touch on how there's voodoo after death. So why wouldn't he assume that she did something to protect herself? Yeah. It would have been cooler if her corpse like said something. Yeah. Fuck you, Thomas. <laughs> I didn't even like you. <laughs> yeah, like banished him or explained Andrew's situation too. I don't know. Just sat down and <laughs> <laughs> told him the whole history. You're actually adopted. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. For him to be able to do video, I need Paul. I needed like his history. You've never done anything racist. You're like the kindest white man on earth. Like, <laughs> for Pauline to give you the blessing to do like voodoo, no, sir. <laughs> Andrew was an so experiment Philip gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to see if we could give white offspring the powers, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> You're a failed experiment, Andrew. That's all you are. There's no more truth to that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what's my purpose <laughs> how how distraught would you be if somebody just bought them like you were a failed experiment like damn, my feelings. <laughs> that's basically the whole story behind prometheus yeah true true as a human <laughs> that's what we <laughs> all are <laughs> some of us are great but the others i don't know <laughs> cue the x-files music <laughs> we're not evolving right like seriously no i literally saw this thing about how spines are like evolutionarily incorrect like we're not supposed to have this many pressure points on that line <laughs> wow what are we doing <laughs> yeah we're supposed to be like horizontal or something <laughs> now finally the most awkward ending for andrew the morning after lorena tells andrew he knows now that he really is a Kristoff. He says he still has to be sure and needs proof in front of him. He's going to explore the house and see if he can find some answers to his questions, like who Toma Perion was. He name-dropped somebody that I was like, who the fuck is this? We don't know. Did he name the god from earlier that they were discussing? No, that was Lua Dampala. Look, it doesn't matter. He's gone through some He's mental just break. Gonna get <laughs> there's, there's no he just wants to be a Kristoff so bad. He's going to figure it out. He's the true villain of the movie. He's just been trying to get the voodoo power this whole time. I mean, I think he did it. Everyone else is dead. He's the only one left to inherit. Oh, what if that's what the TV show was supposed to be about? It's like Andrew going around and collecting all the power, and then Lorena comes back to regain her position on the throne. Um, rooting for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't want to spin off and it'd be like all in. No. Although it'd be cool if it was like the whole show was 10 episodes and nine episodes was just Andrew going around trying to collect the power and then he finds out at the end that Lorraine is in charge. <laughs> just slaps. Snatches it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and that's why I said no, asshole. <laughs> had to let you do all the work exactly. <laughs> Lorena says she wouldn't want to and just wants to forget Skull Mountain ever existed he asks her to stay with him and she says she can't he says he understands and we get some somber music a final view of the house on Skull Mountain and credits <laughs> <laughs> it's really anticlimactic it's like I can't oh, oh okay <laughs> Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> we paid a lot for this diorama but we need to put it again at the end <laughs> They do use it quite a few times. <laughs> How will you know it's on Skull Mountain so, if we don't show it a hundred times? You'll never know. Not all the skull imagery throughout the whole movie. <laughs> Couldn't be. A skull and like a candle is like a vibe. <laughs> you know, that, that's a vibe. Skeletons coming to them. If we had Andrew continue to talk about how white or not white he thinks he is, they might have thought that the movie was White Man on Skull Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> White man. <laughs> White man. <laughs> Rushmore. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Rushmore. <laughs> he changes the skull. <laughs> Look at him changing the history. <laughs> As they always have, eyebrow raise. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the end of it. What did y'all think? Like I said, it was like fun. The ending, it was definitely anticlimactic. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Maybe, again, like y'all mentioned, the show, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I did not know that there was supposed to be a show. Maybe that goes more in depth. If it even existed, yeah. Right. I hope it's a prequel and not a... <laughs> <laughs> like i want to see pauline's life like what did she do <laughs> yeah like did she actually suppress thomas's whole family it'd be kind of like game of thrones but for voodoo oh yeah, yeah that would be cool 
this was a very fun movie like towards the especially towards like the end and i love music so like when they just started doing all that rhythmic stuff i was i was zoned in you know what i'm saying the the hip movement i was like it's worth <laughs> it it's, it's really worth it and seeing philip die first and <laughs> i feel like that should have happened <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a good it's really good fun really yeah, good voodoo fun <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with the music. It really made the scenes that much more impactful. Like when Thomas is doing his ritual, and when music started, you knew that someone was dying soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I never heard about this movie, so I'm glad you guys suggested it because it was a fun watch. I just mentioned that I love in the 70s, there was mostly practical effects, which I feel always age better than cgi Mm -hmm. it's just fun the story is both funny and has its creepy bits and i just love that yeah i can definitely see the house on haunted hill now in it (laughs) but it's very good very good nice spin and i love seeing black people in anything (laughs) just love seeing black people do anything so (laughs) i'll watch it it was really fun i thought it was good and a fun watch some of the deaths i thought were unfair like harriet (laughs) she should have just gone home there's creepy parts to it i'll always love a voodoo story or anything that has to do with minority history where it's not all about white people it's part of the reason i liked coven from american horror story just because it went into the voodoo queen like she was my favorite character from that whole season (laughs) so yeah another voodoo horror movie is cool i will say i just wish there was a little bit more of a dramatic ending yeah 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 the ending yes yeah we could have had i don't know either another death or a cliffhanger or something like that like not like a cliffhanger like i'm gonna figure out what i'm doing like i don't care about that. <laughs> like i like, mean like something maybe we could have had an ending like the witch where lorena just owns that she's a voodoo queen and maybe mm-hmm. andrew dies and then she has to figure out how to fight thomas like that would have given her that final girl feel so autonomy over herself yeah yeah it was very damsel in distress but i feel like that's also the scooby-doo aspect of it too because you definitely see like you can put in who's who for the scooby-doo formula here like like, (laughs) directly i just imagine them unmasking thomas and they're like old man thomas And they turn to Andrew and they're like, who's this? And they take his mask off and he's actually a black guy. <laughs> it's actually Thomas. <laughs> and I would have got away with it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what do you rate it? Out of 10, I'm going to say 7. I'm going to say 7 out of 10. Like, I love the effects just because, like you said, they're practical. They're fun. I did like the whole machete materializing out of nowhere. That was <laughs> and like i said i love a rocking chair moment and all of that like it has very eerie parts to it the cinematography is honestly great like there's nothing and i want a miniature i want that miniature of skull mountain like <laughs> oh my that's <laughs> cool i want it like on a shelf or something so is it a miniature or is it a backdrop or it looks like a miniature right like they just got a small I model and just took video of that that's what i thought it was and that they just tried to litter it into the scenes no nah, but yeah like i said i picked this movie just from the cover by itself so <laughs> it drew me to it it's like top 10 covers like what <laughs> hot take <laughs> But that in like honestly, I did not have another voodoo movie other than Child's Play. So this took its place on voodoo magic, you know, shit. So this this took its place. So I feel this is a mm. very necessary watch. You learn a lot of voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like it's a little Hollywood down. Like it's probably a little watered down. I mean, you need a giant needle. <laughs> Look, I don't know much about voodoo, but if they're doing like that stuff they did in the basement, like sign me up. I'm always down. I'm down for hip terms. Human sacrifice to a beat. You got him. I mean, they weren't smashing babies together. They were just dancing. Could be worse. I really like this movie. I would say like 7.5. 7.5. No doubt. I'm also going to give it a 7 again just because I wanted more drama at the end. But I think that's its major flaw. Because again, I just enjoyed how fun all the effects were. And I feel we don't see a lot of black people in movies from the 70s. And I'm glad we got to see one finally. Yeah, the movie didn't end up being as problematic as I expected it to be. Like a lot of movies at the time that were misrepresenting a lot of minorities, specifically in this case, black people. 
Nah. Yeah, my biggest problem was the white savior thing. Yes, that's that's what I was saying. The white saviorness of Andrew's character in the whole, just the fact that he was like, it's like the whole, I don't, the color aspect of it. Yeah. Like, I, like that was the only issue. And I do wish we got to see, like you said, Lorena be a final girl, sort of. But I feel like this was not as someone who, like, I can't speak for like voodoo community because I'm that's not my religion. I don't practice that or anything like that. But I feel like this overall representation of black people is not bad, in my opinion. And I don't know. I think it's just funny and like <laughs> Philly being just a weird ass. Like, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so what did you give it out of 10 i give it a seven like when i saw imdb gave it a four i was like there's no way this movie's like way better than that mm-hmm. <laughs> sweet so we all basically thought it was pretty good do we want to talk about what scared loki about this movie yeah he hated the squawking bird so he's on your side with uh yeah birds. we hate birds here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like don't let that thing near me with a wonga <laughs> <laughs> Not only do I have to be scared of birds, I have to be scared of them throwing sticks at me. <laughs> right. Sticks that'll burn. <laughs> Bleed and burn. <laughs> do you want to tell us about it, Loki? We're going to have to just teach him how to catch the sticks so that he can just play with the birds when we get a new house. I want no birds by our house, Loki. <laughs> Especially voodoo birds. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens are not good ormonds. <laughs> that could go both ways, though. They could be protecting us. I feel like they're usually like bad omens in superstition. If you want them to be. But do you guys want to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast? Of course. So you can definitely listen to our podcast, um, Dink and Deadly. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Google. <laughs> Google. <laughs> and you can find us on Instagram at Dank Deadly underscore pod and on twitter at dank in like the letter in deadly underscore pod and yeah uh, we have new episodes every thursday minus the first week of the month because why not (laughs) 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 um, yeah thank you all so much for having us this is so fun and i'm definitely gonna be drinking well shooting this (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks for being on yeah this was really fun you guys picked a really fun movie too so this was a good time yeah i can't wait for the next one (laughs) (laughs) all right as always we hope you guys had a good time here with us you can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter, Twitter Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. Support the show on Patreon. You can get early access to episodes or a bonus episode and theme drink idea every month. Listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow. Check out our drink videos. Make sure to like them. We work hard on them. They're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Be sure to like, rate, review, all that good stuff. And okay, thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>